Welcome to the preview podcast on NRL.com. The home stretch is upon us. We are talking about round 23 of the NRL Telstra Premiership. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined as always by NRL.com crack reporter Alicia Newton. Alicia, nice to see you. Thanking you. Good to be here. And man about town, but not so much around town at the moment. Marty Lenahan is back. Marty, thank you for dialing in. Good to be with you guys. Let's um, let's talk some footy. It kicks off on uh, first and a huge clash here. The Titans and the Storm. Storm will obviously go in heavy favourites. The Titans' uh, three-match losing streak came to a shuddering halt with a step up in class last week, thanks to the uh, Bunnies, but still clinging to a spot inside the top eight. Marty, I'll start with you. What are you expecting from this one? Oh, look, I still think the Storm will get the job done. They've obviously taken the chance to uh, rest some key players, Justin, Justin Oldham having a break and Brandon Smith as well. So good timing for them, I guess, uh, as we head into the finals and, you know, Ryan Pappenhausen goes back to fullback and Nico Hines to halfback. So uh, I'll tell you what, they don't seem to lose too much. We've seen through the season, they've had various players out at different times and uh, still looks an awfully strong team to me. And as you said, the, the wheels sort of fell off a little bit for the Gold Coast last week and they're right in that uh, dogfight now for seventh and eighth spot. It'd be a huge game for them to win, but I just can't. I can't see them uh, getting past Melbourne. There's no drop-off in intensity from Melbourne, no matter who they put on the field. I say it almost seems unfair that you lose a player of the class of Jerome Hughes and you move Nico Hines to halfback and start Ryan Pappenhausen to fullback, but it's not exactly unfair when you think about the fact that you know pretty much all those guys were scrap heap fullbacks that no one else wanted a, a couple of years ago and Craig Bellamy's turned them all into uh, to superstars. Alicia, what do you reckon from this one? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to touch on that. The fact that, you know, you can have so many guys just have a rest. Like, what a luxury, you know. Other, other sides yeah. are struggling. You look at, um, like, the Dragons, obviously, what they've been through. The Roosters have gone through their backline crisis. And Melbourne are just, playing mean, happy buggers from the top of the ladder. So, it's, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just in cruise control at the moment. Um, spoke to Justin Holbrook today. Uh, he's made, obviously, a few changes there. The AJ Brimson injury, I think, is a massive one for the time. Yeah. Broken jaw. Um, he actually mentioned the fact that, because it was a stray boot from Latrell, you know, trying to get up quickly, and that he sort of holds no angst towards Latrell for what happened. But, um, yeah, it's obviously cost the Titans, and now they need to rebound. I like Jamal Fogarty coming back. I think, you know, he's got a little bit more experience. Toby Sexton's done a great job, but I just felt like last week he sort of come up with the wrong plays against South, so obviously we're on fire. So um, getting Fogarty back gives them a bit more experience there in the halves. And, um, you know, I can't see him getting close to Melbourne, but I I think that they pretty much just have to have to show something against top four teams if they're going to play the finals and, and make a bit of an impact. Yeah, that Latrell hit, I mean, I know he's got a bit of form this year with the hit on Nofaluma and so forth, but it, you'd have to say that was a complete accident. He wasn't looking. He was just trying to shake his legs free and get up. Just really uh, unlucky for poor AJ. Hopefully it's only uh, a couple of weeks if they can make the finals. Maybe he's back for week one of the uh, the finals, but not sure what's happening there. Did, has he spoken about David Fafida at all? It was sort of, you know, it was all happy days and he was coming off the bench and scoring tries, but, um, you know, very quiet against South and you know they probably could have used him there in the opening exchanges yeah he's a little bit um I guess uh quiet on that one in terms of just just keeping it cl- close to his chest so I think last week obviously David didn't get much game time either by the time he got on the field the, the match was already they're already up 20 odd nil so not much you can that can be done there but personally like I want to see him back starting I, I got why he come off the bench but I think against a side like Melbourne you just need to start he's a million dollar man and um you know, he should be out in the field as much as possible. So, um, no, he didn't mention anything about that today. But in terms of, I guess, what he can offer the Titans, 
you know, against the strong Melbourne Storm outfit, I expect him to get a lot more minutes this week. Yeah, it's one thing to come on in a close game and break it open midway through the first half against some tiring forwards, but it's another thing to have your your marquee man sitting on the bench and coming on when it's already 20 or 24 nil and the game's already gone. Seems a, uh, a little bit pointless. Uh, how do you see this one panning out? Oh, I think Melbourne way too strong. Same for you, Marty. Yeah, look, I agree with Alicia. I think uh, Jamal Fogarty, they'll be a lot more composed and I think they'll... Uh, They'll certainly put up a better effort this week, but no, Melbourne will be too good. Yeah, no, uh, Melbourne for me as well. Second game of the weekend, the Raiders up against the Seagulls. Manly absolutely red hot last weekend, racking up a cricket score against the Eels who had been in the uh, top four all season. Canberra, meanwhile, um, still just, you know, can't quite make a statement in terms of claiming uh, one of those last two final spots, but very much are still in the fight, Alicia. Yeah, that's right. And I think, um, well, I guess for them, it's just a matter of, I think they beat Manly a couple of weeks ago, um, sort of kickstart their season. So that's the sort of response they're going to be looking at at the moment. But, um, geez, I'm just quickly on Manly, like <laughs> the circus that happened earlier in the week with Tommy Trebojevic. I mean, if you take him out, then you give the Raiders a chance. But, um, yeah, what he sort of caused and will he play, won't he play? I'm, I'm leaning towards he is going to play by the sounds of things. So, I mean, if he's in, it's going to be a very difficult task. But I'm looking forward to seeing um, Charles Nickel-Clockstad back and what sort of role he plays, whether it's off the bench or if he starts, you know, switches Jordan Rapner back to, to the wing. So, um, yeah, look, it's now or never for the Raiders. I mean, I, I thought they were pretty... Um, I guess disappointing in that first 20 minutes against Melbourne, but the last 60, they definitely showed that defensive resolve that they obviously need against a manly side that scores all over the paddock. So they can, yeah, start the way that they finished, um, you know, give them a bit of a chance, but I think with Tommy Turbo on the side, it's going to be really, really hard. What do you reckon, Marty? I guess Canberra, first of all, was three tries apiece against the Storm last week. Storm have been blowing most teams away by sort of 40 plus points and Canberra, despite not helping themselves, um, for a lot of that game, we're able to keep things pretty close. Can they take some confidence out of it? They, uh, you know, they can't really afford to keep dropping games if they're going to make a run for the eight. No, look, it's getting a bit tight for them now, but I think they do take a lot of confidence out of that. I think that was a, a pretty good contest. It seems to have been a real time to get Melbourne maybe the last few weeks. I think they have. Uh, look, every team's entitled to have a slight drop off and maybe some players rested and different things for Melbourne. So it wasn't a bad time to uh, to get a crack at them but uh, they keep on winning of course but I think Canberra do take a bit out of that and I also think that win over Manly at uh, Four Pines Park back when football was in Sydney uh, seems like an eternity ago now but uh, that game at Brookvale was a huge one for Canberra and I think that's a big positive for them to uh, to be able to look back and see what worked for them on that that night and I think uh, yeah Charles Nickel Clockstad is a huge return for them and I, I give them a big chance actually. Yeah it's interesting one. I was, wasn't even thinking about that earlier games it feels like a, a whole different lifetime that I was covering games uh, out and about in uh, in Sydney but yeah it was a good performance by the Green Machine. Turbo obviously is a, a big one it's I don't know if I imagine this but it looked like Alicia that he he you could already see his face a bit swollen up um, at the end of the game against uh, Parramatta last week so um, you know, the Manly sound positive that he'll play, but I don't know if I'm all that convinced. No, I'm not convinced either. It's been a really weird week in, in regards to that. Obviously, Manly put out that he was cleared and then there were reports that he wasn't and he missed the rest of the, the regular season. And then, obviously, he jumped on, I think, with Channel 9 yesterday and said that he was fine, nothing to worry about. Um, but he also said that it wasn't necessarily that Mike Fatsevo hit. It was a head clash with Jason Starb earlier in yeah. the game. So it's just all over the place at the moment. 
no, no one would be surprised now if he does run out. Um, but yeah, I think they can obviously afford to not have him, you know, this week if, if required. But um, yeah, a bit of a wait and see. I guess it is an earlier game in the week, so we should know by tomorrow, by Thursday, or, or obviously Friday game day. So yeah, interesting one. But I think Manly have also moved way past the fact that they can still win without him now. You know, get earlier in the year, no way. But this time round, um, they're a much stronger unit. So that's uh, is that a tip for Manly? Yep, going with Manly. What are you looking for, Marty? Oh, look, I do expect Manly to win. I'll, I'll go with the safe, uh, the safe one there and tip Manly. But I really feel that uh, Canberra are right in it. I think Turbo. I think they can probably afford to give him a rest if there's any uh, the slightest doubt they've won without him. So uh, I'll go for Manly, but I expect a, a really tight one. Yeah, the form of Ruben Garrick when he's played fullback uh, in the you know the middle parts of the years. Uh, it's, you know, he's no turbo, but he certainly papers over the, the cracks pretty well. So Manly for me as well. Third game of the weekend, absolute blockbuster coming up on uh, Friday night between the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. Uh, Marty, it was a uh, an absolute blowout between these two teams at Dubbo back in uh, round 11. We thought um, South season might be coming unstuck. The, you know, the weight of history and the 50-point stat, they can't win the comp anymore. But um, what they've done since those two losses to the, the Panthers and the Storm, they'll be a, a far more dangerous proposition for, for Penrith this weekend than they were back in uh, round 11. Yeah, it's been a remarkable turnaround for South. They obviously had that loss and also a, a huge loss to Melbourne as well. And I think... Uh, Quite rightly, you know, a bit of a line would have been drawn through their uh, premiership chances by quite a few people. But they're uh, and they're, they've all, you know, they've basically said they had to turn around their defence. They've had no trouble at all scoring tries. Uh, Cody Walker, as uh, as we can see on NRL.com, with a story about his uh, history-making try assist. They're players uh, racking up tries, racking up points, but they had to learn how to stop them, and they've certainly done that since that uh, horrific loss to the Panthers. And I, I do think this will be just an absolute blockbuster of a game given where these two sides are and I think it's just a very different South Sydney side with a, a different attitude in their defence. And What about the Panthers? Alicia, that first 20 minutes against the Dragons last weekend was diabolical. If you didn't know better it was almost like they were under an edict to uh, test out their own defensive line by just handing over the footy time and time again but uh, test out the defensive line they did and they uh, they came out pretty much unscathed and from that point on just sort of ran away with it. Yeah, I don't think they ever really looked, I guess, under threat in terms of defensively. But um, I thought with Nathan Cleary coming back, maybe they just thought it was all going to fall into place in that first 20. You know, him back and um, they can just throw the ball around as much as they wanted to and I guess not respect the footy. But once they sort of that intercept try really changed the momentum, you know, through Brent Naden and then they were able to, I guess, get back into some sort of a, a groove. I still don't think they're anywhere near what they were like at the start of year. But um, obviously now they've, they've got most of their guys back. Hopefully James Fisher-Harris and Tavita Pangai Jr. You know, will be late inclusions. They've obviously got a couple of personal things going on. So, yeah, I mean, they're getting back on track. Um, I think they run into a South Sydney side that is pretty much the form team of the comp, especially in attack. But I feel like this was the same sort of game leading into that double one, and then it just turned into a one-way massacre. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a cracking game. Like, South at the moment, very hard to stop. Um, but I guess it is a case of can they keep going or will they sort of falter against the top four side again? What did you make of the return of Nathan Cleary? Obviously, he hadn't played since Origin 2, and they were also without Jerome Luai for a fair chunk of that as well. So, no surprises there. A bit clunky. It sort of seemed like... Um, you know, I think Cleary was quite 
um, critical of his own performance afterwards. He said it was clunky and there was a lot to work on. And, you know, it's probably a, a fair assessment, but by the same token, just having him there seemed to really lift everyone around him. And, you know, Luai seemed more confident. Things just seemed a fair bit smoother once they had the ball. Yeah, 100%. And it's just the things that, Nathan, from what I've watched, you know, um, going to a lot of Penrith games is, is just his presence can lift other players. Like he might not even be at his best or he might be have a quiet one, but it's the guys around him. I don't think Jerome Loy has probably been at his best since Origin. I think he's had a little bit of an Origin hangover. He obviously had that, that knee injury as well. So, um, yeah, for me, like the next three weeks, it's just about them sort of getting to that best preparation. They won't want... Um, obviously to lose this week, but they still want to find a couple of positives if they if they did fall short. So yeah, not panic stations for Penrith, but I think um, it's also definitely a week that they can get back on track and have a battle hard and sort of game against the top four outfit. Who did you end up tipping for this one? Um, I did go with Penrith, but with absolutely no confidence, this will be a cracking game. What do you reckon, Marty? Penrith boosted by the recent return of Cleary and possible ins of Fisher, Harris and Pango or Souths with, you know, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, Damien Cook just absolutely lighting up? Mate, I like Souths and I like uh, Dane Gagai. He obviously had to pull out late last week. He'll play Alex Johnson back, the leading try scorer in the comp and Campbell Graham as well. So, I mean, their back line's been going okay, but then you put uh, those three guys into it and it's even more lethal. So... Sensational game in uh, prospect. I think South can get away with it. I've actually uh, tipped South as well, but it should be a cracking game either way. Saturday footy kicks off with the Tigers and the Sharks, uh, two teams that are really uh, scrapping for those spots in the last, you know, the the bottom part of the eight. Um, level on points, both a win outside the eight Tigers, obviously with the far inferior for and against. I think we can just about put a red pen through whichever team loses this one. Um, Sharks maybe can drop it by a small margin and still make a, a run, but Tigers absolutely can't afford to. Uh, Marty, I mean, two teams that have been pretty tough to, to tip uh, of late. Uh, unless they're up against one of the really strong sides, but coming up against each other, what are you expecting from this one? Yeah, look, I think Cronulla will feel like uh, last Sunday was one that got away from them, just another one of those tight games. They lost that tight game to the Warriors as well recently that they really would have been disappointed. They're going to look back if they sort of just missed out. And I guess like most teams that finish up close, they're going to look at some some tight games. Amazing with the Tigers and their uh, inconsistency. It's... Uh, if they win three in a row, which they're shooting for, it'd be the first time since 2018. So uh, mm. that just tells you how hard they are to follow. Um, look, I just think that uh, the Tigers, you know, even though they struggle to put a few together, they have won two in a row. The Sharks are sort of going the other way, it feels a little bit. So I think the Tigers uh, might just be able to get away with it. But uh, yes, it's not a game you'd be tipping with too much confidence. What do you reckon, Alicia? Tigers uh, not particularly convincing last weekend against the um, the, the Cowboys, but I guess a, a win's a win. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm just like, please do not finish ninth because I cannot deal with any more of these Tigers finishing ninth jokes. But you know what? It could potentially head that way, the, the way that they're going. Um, their draw isn't necessarily that tough of a run home. And, um, you know, I think a shark side that's can sort of see the finishing line. Obviously, they've had such a massive year with you know coach being sacked and um you know so many things happening especially like, even as recently as this week with uh, with Andrew Fafita situation so um yeah emotionally I'm not quite sure if they're there you know within that finals reach because it still feels like um I guess they are so far away despite as you mentioned only being two points outside the eight so yeah I, I'm agree with you guys that whoever does lose this game pretty much done um 
you know, the Tigers, it, it always just seems to be the case that they, they have a bit of a run late, but it's just too little too late. You're going to look back on games that they've lost where they should have won. You know, the Warriors a couple of weeks ago, if they won that game, they were then in a prime position now to sort of keep pushing for the eight. So super frustrating if you're a Tigers fan, just knowing what they're sort of capable of, but just delivering it um, quite late in the season. So, look, um, I've gone the Sharks on this one, only because, as Marty said, with that start three in a row, you know, I, I just can't see him win a three in a row. So I've gone with yeah. Cronulla. Um, no confidence, but I thought attack-wise last week, they didn't offer a great deal. I just think um, it's now or never for them and they've probably got just a bit stronger side. Yeah, I mean, if you told me in the preseason that we'd be talking in round 23 about Sharks fighting for a, a final spot, Josh Hannay would be the coach, Raiden Trindle and Connor Tracy would be the halves, you know, Josh Dugan would be, you know, Sean... <laughs> Johnson, Matt Moylan and Chad Townsend are all nowhere near the team. And, you know, Will Chambers is in the side. And, like, it's, you know, it's been so much changes through the year for them. Yeah, it's a lot of unexpected stuff to to sort of deal with. But, I mean, having said all of that, I think I'm with you. I think uh, three in a row might be a bridge too far for the Tigers. And I will tip the Sharks to, uh, to get back on track. But it's one of those games where absolutely anything could happen. Uh, second Saturday game, the Bulldogs up against the Knights. Uh, Marty, what do you think of this one? The, the Knights, you know, a couple of wins in a row, look better with some of their players back back into the uh, the top eight, despite their differential being pretty poor. And Bulldogs um, really just can't seem to help themselves at the moment. Yeah, look, I felt for the Bulldogs again last week. There always seems to be is a bit of an excuse. So, you know, Trent Barrett was obviously very unhappy with one of the decisions there. I think, to be fair, having looked at that several times, I think Trent was pretty wide of the mark. I know he was frustrated, but that was clearly... Uh, a penalty couldn't be a try. So they just can't find a way to get across the line. I think the Knights were pretty resilient. I mean, that was always going to be a desperate game. Knights and Sharks there together. You know, they were obviously right in that battle and a, a four-point game, as we say. So they would have been really happy to get away with that one with a late penalty goal. And I think Daniel Saifidi, though, is a massive loss mm. for Newcastle, obviously, uh, hurting his knee, his go forward for that team is just so crucial. Uh, look, they will miss him, but you'd still expect them to uh, to get away with a win. Just on um, Trent Barrett, Alicia, I was I watched that press conference. I was just really disappointed with the tone of it. I mean, like Marty said, there was pretty clear contact from Sione Katoa's shoulder to the jaw of Edward Cozzi. I don't think, um, you know, the officials had any choice but to rule a penalty. No matter how many times you watch that incident, there's still, you know, contact with the head it had to be a penalty I know a few people associated with the Bulldogs can't feel otherwise but I'm not sure anyone else is really buying that line you know you watch that game they um, had four high tackle or dangerous penalties put on report they had two penalties for reefing the ball out in multi-man tackles they had a penalty for kicking out on the full they were tackled on the last multiple times they kicked out for seven tackle sets multiple times they didn't lose it by a great deal and at the end we're talking about you know, a, a bloke getting cleaned up by a shoulder, costing them a try, somehow being the reason they lost the game. I just thought it was absolute cop-out. Yeah, um, I've covered Trent's presses a couple of times this year and from memory, he brought a book in last last game. I can't remember who it was against, but um, just basically listing some things that went wrong in the game in terms of referee calls. I, look, it's tough when you're in that position. You're trying to find reasons why the team isn't doing so well. And I guess, um, you know, this was a, classic case of trying to deflect I guess the result and everything else um like Trent obviously knows deep down I'm sure that his players are just not getting the results purely on the back of how they're playing but um he's also trying to look for that 
um, you know, how many times you sort of see a team not going so well, not get the 50-50 calls, and that's what he's talking about. But, um, yeah, on this occasion, as you guys have said, he was pretty wide with the mark, I thought, in terms of the high contact. But um, just on the nights, like, I'm not so confident this game. The Bulldogs have been a massive bogey side um, for the nights previously and, and doing my deep dive stats this week. So Newcastle's attack is only second worst behind the Canterbury this year, which blows my mind that where Newcastle is on the ladder compared to the Bulldogs, and, and yet there's only 100 points separating them on the ladder. I like to think that the Cowboys and Brisbane have scored more points than Newcastle, and yet the Knights could potentially be playing finals footy. So they need to really click in here with their attack. I thought last week, and I think Adam O'Brien touched on it, they were very just erratic when they got in that good ball set zone. They just didn't really know what to do with it. They had a lot of sort of players running around, but no one sort of just directing play. So with the team now, you know, full strength with a full strength spine, um, you'd expect more points to flow. But at the moment, they're just not really, they're getting the wins, of course, and it's good. They're winning the tight matches, but they're not piling on the points as well as what other teams are. Yeah, but um. It's a it's a remarkable stat, really, that how few points they've they've scored this year and still be uh, sitting inside the top eight. Although I guess you look at their differential column and, and how far that is into the negatives. That's sort it's of horrendous. Part it's of horrendous. It. <laughs> it's a minus one hundred and thirty-seven, and it's if, if they do make the finals, and I'm doing a story on it later in the week, but it it will be basically the second worst ever, like in the modern era. So it's. Yeah, if, if they do go into the finals, geez, you're not expecting them to get too far, but you never know. they got three weeks to sort it out. And it's only really, we sort of touched on before, only really late in the season that their best sort of playmakers have been together in the team at the, the same time. So maybe they do uh, sort of start to click a bit. Who are you tipping for this one? I've gone the Knights, but again, I think Canterbury are due for a win, so a win would not surprise just, you know, if they're up for it. How do you reckon it pans out, Marty? Uh, no, nice for me. I think Frizzell and Saifidi, a couple of big losses. But in the run home, they've got the Bulldogs, the Titans and the Broncos. So there is a golden opportunity there for Newcastle to uh, storm into the eight on the back of some good form. And I think they'll they'll kick it off this week. Yeah, nights for me as well. They haven't necessarily sold me, but I, I see them being the, the Bulldogs pretty comfortably. The uh, Cowboys and the Eels, the third Saturday game. Um, Marty, Eels are fairly strong favourites for this one, which I guess is just around how much the Cowboys have been struggling, but they were diabolical against the Seagulls last week. Uh, that was horrendous, yes. I think, uh, as we all expected, a response from Parramatta with all the talk around the club and Brad Arthur, the pressure on him and Clint Gutherson's contract, which was supposedly had been put on hold so they could uh, concentrate on his footy. And look, I don't know how many people really thought they could win that game, I guess, given Manly's form. But honestly, that was just a, I think, diabolical, as you said, is the right word. There was just so little uh, pride in that performance and uh, the game was basically gone after 25 minutes. So clearly they're going to go into a game against the Cowboys, heavy favourites. I think the Cowboys are up to nine losses in a row. They've just completely lost their way for a side that looked mid-season like they were... you know, a puncher's chance of sort of sneaking into the finals the way they they were going there. But, I mean, Parramatta, if you don't get a massive response, and not just a win, they have to do more than win this week. They can't just fall across the line against a team that's struggling so badly. So, yeah, we just expect that they will aim up and, and find some form. 
what do you reckon about the Eels, Alicia? I mean, they're missing Regan Campbell-Gillard. They've lost Reid Marnie for the season. You know, Opacek's ruled out this week. You know, Blake Ferguson, unavailable. They're, you know, down on some troops, but, um, you know, Ryan Madison's obviously suspended for a few weeks after that pretty nasty hit on uh, Brad Parker. But even with the outs, you know, they, they like Marty said, they need to be making a statement against a team that's struggling. Well, yeah, and I think even if you got those outs, you know, your defensive structures aren't supposed to change, right? The guy that comes in has trained all pre-season. He's supposed to know how it all works. But um, I touched on last week on, on one of the stat stories that I did on Para and how many break causes they've had in the last 10 weeks as opposed to the first 10 weeks. And it's like basically triple. It's unbelievable. I don't know how much you look into that, but obviously their defensive line is just not on the same page. And um you know, when that's happening, I don't know how I don't know how quickly you can fix that. You know, when, when there's only three weeks left of the season, I think they've pretty much all but surrendered top four finish now. They need to obviously aim as high as possible in the last few weeks. But yeah, I mean, when the expectations on you, and you've started the season so well, and you just sort of slip away. It's it's got to be very frustrating. And I think being away from home, obviously, Bank West is their fortress, and they just have not coped at all. You know, basically sleeping in their own beds and. Um, you know, going to, to that stadium because um, their record's pretty pretty enormous there. So I just don't think they've coped at all well moving to Queensland. And um, if anything, we sort of spoke about it too when all the teams moved up there, who would cope most would probably have more success. And at the moment, they've definitely gone backwards in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it's not even a new development. You saw earlier in the season, Brad Arthur have to separate Blake Ferguson and Wonga Blake because they look like strangers defending next to each other and the edge getting pulled apart. And it was... You know, even worse uh, on the weekend with you know different players um, involved. Cowboys, meanwhile, outside chance of Jason Tamawalo making an early return from his third broken hand of the year. Hamaso Tabuifido also mentioned in the uh, reserves list coming back from uh, appendix surgery. Um, Marty, are you expecting much from the Cowboys given their uh, situation? Oh, certainly. If either one or either of those could play, uh, Hamaso or Tamawalo would make a huge difference. I think they'd love to have. Jason Taumalolo back with, with the bad run he's had. I, I don't think he will play. Uh, no, I don't think they can win. I think they're, they're just playing like a side that's uh, looking forward to. I don't know what Mad Monday looks like anymore, but that's what they're looking forward to. So uh, I think Parramatta will be winning. Uh, are you tipping Eels, Alicia? Yeah, I'm going to go Eels. But as Marty said, I think even with those guys, um, Taumalolo and, and Fido coming back, I don't think it's going to matter too much. Yep, uh, eels for me, but um, yeah, they certainly need to not just win, but like Marty said, make a uh, statement. First Sunday game, the Dragons up against the Roosters. Uh, Alicia, Dragons just, you know, more than any other team in that um, bottom part of the top eight dogfight just seem to be falling away pretty quickly, whereas Roosters, um, despite their injury toll, going in the other direction. Yep, more changes now for the Dragons as well. Um, with Matt Dufty back, you know, how, how much is he sort of want to go to play the next three weeks. I can't see him reaching the finals from here. It's been a massive fall from grace from them. Like to think that they were what, top four, um, middle of the top eight several months ago. And now they've sort of found themselves just sliding down the ladder. Um, yeah, they've just, and now the injuries obviously as well with Andrew McCulloch um, already going down this week. You've got Josh McGuire starting a hooker. Like they're just all over the place. I, I can't see him beating a consistent Roosters team who probably, you know, got out of jail last week, but they still sort of played to the 80th minute and, um, you know, definitely did that. That goal kick meant everything to them. So, yeah, and, and what, their fifth spot now as well or fourth or they're definitely in the mix for a top four. I mean, for them to finish top four would be huge just given the season that they've had. 
Yeah, sitting uh, in fourth, actually a win clear of the Sea Eagles and the Eels, but probably I think they've got South coming up, so Manly still with a, a big chance to move past them, but currently a top four spot. There's uh, Toulouse, Marty, stunning achievement from the Roosters. I mean, you go through, you know, Luke Keary and Jake Friend, Boy Corden, Brett Morris, Lindsay Collins, all the, the blokes they've lost, not just for parts of the year, but for the entire year and or, you know, the rest of their careers for them to be sitting in fourth at this time of the year. I know they got out of jail a little bit against the Broncos last week, who sort of seemed to be their kryptonite um, this year, but as a season as a whole, it's a pretty remarkable achievement. Well, it has been, and I think that's the difference between the, the clubs like that. We, we just mentioned teams like the Tigers and the Sharks and all these narrow losses they're going to look back on if they don't make the finals, and then here's the Roosters up where they are, because they get away with the game like that. You know, when it looked like that game was was dead and buried and, you know, it wasn't the worst high tackle you've ever seen, that late penalty, but it had to be given and Adam Kieran had to step up and kick it and he did. So, you know, they just keep on producing. Um, Jared Warrior Hargraves will be fresh. He's had a nice little rest there, had a week off. Obviously, they lose Radley, which is a, a big out for them, but they'll just have too much class. I, I must say, I think with all the shuffling, that's one of the better back lines the Dragons have put on the field. Bizarrely enough, I think Jack Bird's had a great season. He'll be good at centre and Duffy's definitely their most dynamic fullback. So I think they're looking a bit more potent, but uh, no, Roosters, too good. Yeah, Roosters for me as well. Though I'm also keen to see how uh, young junior Amone goes at uh, 5'8". He was a little breath of fresh air at the uh, end of the game uh, last week, uh, partnering Corey Norman, we think, uh, in the halves. But yeah, Roosters for me. Final game of the weekend, the Broncos up against the Warriors. Um, Marty, Warriors quite remarkably still in that hunt for the top eight. They're, um, you know, they're only one win outside the eight level with a, a few other teams. I think, you know, we saw a few weeks ago, there were a couple of wins outside the eight. Roger Tuovasashek and Lisa Armao had gone home. They'd lost Tohu Harris for the season and it just seemed like they were packing up for the season. I, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, sort of put that on them. I'm sure they hadn't given up, but it seemed externally like, um, you know, pr- pretty much everyone had written them off. And then, you know, a few weeks later, they've strung a few wins together and suddenly they're, they're back in the hunt. Yeah, I'm actually writing my uh, column this week about the Warriors and just their resilience. And I think really since Roger went home, Leeson went as well. And you mentioned Tohu Harris. And here they are having won their last three games. And I think all of them quite remarkable wins in their own way. I mean, the Bulldogs, you would have expected to win that. But the other two, they were down at halftime. They had Kane Evans off the field for 20 minutes against Cronulla. They've had every reason just to roll over I guess with all the time they've spent away from home over the last two years they wanted to go home and have that big return to Mount Smart which would have been Rogers farewell that all fell over so I just think they've done a remarkable job to be where they are whether they sneak into the eight or not they play the Titans in the last round which potentially could uh, get one of those two sides in or out of the eight but fantastic season I think and they, they I think they can have another win this week and make it four in a row and just keep a little keep a little dream alive there of maybe sneaking in. Yeah, Brownie's spoken about it a, a few times this year, the, the changes they've had. They started the season with Roger at fullback and Fusatua Mamalo on the wings. That whole back three dynamic has completely changed with Reese Walsh coming in as a mid-season buy and Fusatua getting injured, Mamalo leaving the club. New guys have come in. You know, we've seen Ewan Aitken go to the back row the past few weeks and just, you know, really uh, kill it. He's, you know, obviously strong for a, a guy who's probably not the biggest forward going around and, and probably faster than most forwards as well. So uh, offering something a, a little bit different. Uh, Alicia Broncos, maybe a, a touch unlucky, although they did it themselves to an extent as well uh, against the Roosters last week, but certainly better in the past few weeks than they were at the start of the year. Yeah, definitely. I think they've turned a little bit of a corner. Um, you know, they're back at home. 
Sunday afternoon. I think last time they played Sunday afternoon, they played pretty well against Cronulla, got the win. So um, I've actually tipped them this week. I think just based off last week, you know, they got close. And I think if they play anywhere like anyway, like they did um, last week against the Roosters, then they're every chance. Um, I'm looking forward to this Reese Walsh battle, you know, against his old side and just Bessie New at the back as well. And, um, you know, for me, I think Anthony Milford, a um, couple of weeks left now before he does shift across to the Rabbitohs. You know, hopefully he's got a bit of a parting gift for that club because he's obviously um, done a fair bit for them and likewise they've done a fair bit for him. So, yeah, looking forward to, I guess, the battle all around. I feel like with the Warriors, the pressure's... I think Nathan Brown said it uh, a couple of weeks ago that basically, all oh, the season, you know, finals looks like it's out of contention. I think it's just sort of released the pressure gauge um, at the club and suddenly they've strung a few wins together and it's like, oh, hold on, you know, we are a chance. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, dare to dream, which I think is pretty similar to last year, weren't they in a similar position? Like with a couple of rounds to go, they were, they were in this um, mm-hmm. same spot. So, look, I think it'll be too little too late. But, um, yeah, I think Brisbane might might upset them this week. Yeah, to talk about Reese Walsh against his former club, bit of a shame that Matt Lodge is uh, suspended and not up against his former club, because that would have been something to uh, to see. Um, that's one tip for Brisbane. Marty, who have you tipped? The Warriors for me, mate. I will, uh, I'll go the Warriors as well, but expecting a very tight tussle in this one. That is all eight games from round 23. Thank you, Marty, and thank you, Alicia, once again for being here, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back this time next week to talk about round 24.